never prolific, but he was always more than that, just about his goals. You know, wasn't embarrassed with the ball at his feet. Very accomplished player. Maybe even a touch underrated. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. We're turning our attention to hurling and uh, whatever about there being no jeopardy in the football this weekend, there is tons and tons of jeopardy for particularly the Munster Hurling Championship. I'm delighted to say Seamus Hickey is with us to talk to us about this. Um, Seamus, we did not expect to be in this situation where uh, there are a sequence of events which aren't that ridiculous this weekend, which could see Limerick crashing out of the championship. We did not see this forecoming at all. But it's I saw it coming insofar as it was going to be an exceptionally competitive monster championship and I saw that Clare were second on the list for Limerick and that could go either way so uh, I would have seen a potentially a potential scenario I don't think it's you know it, it's definitely possible I, I don't know if it's going to be likely that Limerick are going to be out of the championship by the end of the, the weekend but the reason they're there is because Hipper playing really well Cork came back and snatched a draw uh, to save their Munster Championship lives in Parky Creeve. Clare, you know, gave a huge performance against Limerick and then met a, you know, a really, really disappointing Waterford side. So outside of Waterford, I would say the four teams in Munster are playing, you know, they're playing for their lives. And that's, that's championship. That's brilliant for me. Like that goes back to the times when you had no safety blanket. You were playing a Munster semi-final for the chance to stay alive. And you're, you know, you're going for it. There's, there's nothing to, there's, there's nothing to hold back for. Uh, and to me, that, that's perfect. I love the, I love the round robin because we get great matches and we get them more regularly. Uh, but the stakes this weekend remind me of, of what I feel championships about. Yeah, it's a bit mad in that, um, the football championship has been designed so that all the good teams get through and the Munster Hurling championship has been designed so at least one good team every year gets kicked out by, you know, basically the end of May. It kind of feels like maybe maybe some people learned some lessons from the uh, Munster hurling when they were drawing up the football. But, like, uh, I don't know. It's a bit harsh on one of those four good teams you've been talking about. Yeah, but, like, realistically, then, when you're talking about the Leinster Championship and Munster Championship combined, you've 11 total teams in in the in the race for Liam McCarthy. Uh, and then you bring in the Joe McDonough champions, and that's 12. So we're just hurling, we're dealing with the disadvantage of just not having enough top tier hurling counties, uh, I would say, for competitiveness across the board. You'd rechange this championship structure if you had 18, 16, 18 competitive teams. Um, you know, if, even if they had like, like football where you've got maybe 12 really high end teams, um, you know, in the top, you know, division one, division two in the national league would we'll say. You know, but that's the reality we're dealing with in hurling is that we have a traditionally, ex, you know, competitive uh, and you know, doggy uh, dog monster championship, and then we Galway grafted into the Leinster championship. It becomes far more far more interesting for me. The Dublin Wexford game became incredibly uh, meaningful, particularly in the last five ten minutes when you know Wexford were hunting for that that score to stay alive. Uh, and Dublin then saw it out. So for me, to me, it, it it's two good championship structures. Uh, and in Munster, yeah, the, the consequences are pretty stark. Why are Limerick playing a little bit less fluently this year than they have in previous seasons? Good question. But if we if we flash back 12 months, right? So Limerick 
12 months ago were off a horrendous league campaign. And there was the same existential questions about is, you know, is it too hard to sustain this and are they on the decline? So flash forward in 12 months, the Limerick players were the ones that consciously wanted to go for the league uh, this year. They were the ones who wanted to, you know, to go for the, the trophy and to kind of to show what they were about. Uh, and they did that in emphatic circumstances. They, their second half against Tipperary in the semi-final was, again, you know, uh, it was an exceptional performance. The final against Kilkenny, uh, whereas I would say Kilkenny probably weren't primed and because of the Ballyhale contingent and the depth that they went into the club championship, they probably weren't, I'd say, at full tilt. Uh, but Limerick, again, performed exceptionally well. And trying to sustain that, because the league and the championship are so close, they aim for a final, win a final, and then carry that momentum into another competition where it's actually the earlier rounds. I think that's a difficult thing to do. Um, and I think they probably did pay for that against Watford. The, the performance against Watford was 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 lacklustre. It was loose. It was indisciplined at times. Um and then when it came to Clare, they actually played quite well. Um, like Seamus Fanning and Aaron Glenn are still very sharp. Uh, Tom Morrissey was really, caused all sorts of trouble to Dermot Ryan in the half forward line. Yes, we lost Keed. That was a huge loss, uh, you know, for me. Um, but, you know, structurally, Declan Hannon's having a good year. There's a lot of good things happening. It's just that Clare fought for absolutely everything. Uh, they won, I would say, 80% of the turnovers around midfield. And Limerick had 15 wides and lost by one point. So that's how, that's how close these games are. And that's what the margins are when two very good teams, uh, play off against each other. And, you know, look at the, the two versions of the, of the championship fair we got from Limerick and Clare last year. You know, what was between the two teams last year? Um, it was literally a puck of a ball. So for me, it's not panic stations, I don't think, for, for Limerick, but I, they're, they don't have the fluency, uh, I would have seen. Uh, was a even at times, but I'd say twenty twenty one is their high watermark. Uh, last year, it felt like a struggle all the year through, from the start of the championship to the end. It was just win at whatever cost and by whatever margin it was necessary just to get over the line. This year, they played well against Clare and lost to a team that was better on the day. Um, and now they're going to come up against a Tipperary team who are hurling really well with a lot of a lot of cohesiveness. I would say. Uh, they're playing. They're moving the ball really well from back to front. They they look like they're coached well. They look like they're playing to a plan, um, and they're going to be hard to break down. Um, but that same Tipperary team has conceded, you know, six goals in in two championship matches. So that's uh, that's a that, that's one for for Seamus Fanning and Aaron Glenn to to sharpen their knives for. Seamus, you get all these rumours abound of um, discontent in the Limerick camp, shock exits from the from the squad, uh, completely unverified rumours, I should add. Um, Sorry, we verified that they were untrue. We did actually yeah. uh, talk to the Limerick press office and then say, here, look, we just, we're just doing this because that's, uh, we have to do it. And they were like, no, not true. And on all this, Seamus, when, when rumours like this that uh, aren't verified start coming out, I guess it's just a sign of, of a team that has been so successful that, that all of a sudden these things crop up from somewhere and... People try to latch onto it. Well, like I, I, I think of any high-functioning team, and, and the only team I can compare them to are this current crop of Limerick players and, and this team uh, and the management setup as well. Like the only, the only teams I can compare them to are like the the Dublin, you know, 
six in a row football team, the the Kilkenny four in a row hurling team, you know, the really high functioning teams, the Uniteds of the 99, 2000 kind of era, like when Ferguson was in his pomp. You know, we really just had uh, uh, a villain at the top that, that people want to see fall. And, you know, the, the price of success is that you're there to be shot at. So I don't think you can't complain about these things. You just have to get on with it. Um, for me, particularly, you know, the... The, the interest in the players off the field heighten, heightens. I never had that same interest off the field for most of my career with Limerick. Uh, you know, it was, you know, and after 2018, when I stepped away, I really saw it, you know, step up drastically. And, you know, f- you, unfortunately, that's part of the, that's part of the modern world. So particularly the online world where you kind of have to be either ready for the scrutiny or, uh, you know, you, you don't put yourself in the, in the public arena. So it's, it's a tough one. It's a tough one for players. They, you know, they, they're they're under the microscope for pretty much every time they 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 go out on the night out these days. So it's a uh, it's a it, it's a strange one. And like you said, rumors. Then you, you've no control over that. You've zero control over unsubstantiated uh, stories that sound good and that people want to be true, but are not. So it's uh, I think it is. It's part of being at the top. I remember you know again the, the same kind of stories uh, coming out of the Dublin camp. You know, a lot of it centered around Dear McConnelly. A lot of it centered uh, around the different personalities that people didn't understand but wanted to get at. The likes of so Stephen Cluxton was a mysterious guy. People were basically trying to create stories that fit <laughs> their view of him rather than actually understanding who the guy was. So, you know, it does. It it sounds like that that time. And also, uh, the gossipy nature of Irish life and society. We we all do love a bit of gossip, and WhatsApp has also fed into the ability for some randomer says something in a pub and suddenly it gets everywhere um, I, just in, in terms of um, how the team are, are changing or if they are changing from a tactical perspective and how other teams are beginning to understand what it was that Canerk's philosophy was doing to them um, it does feel like there's been a bit of a close like for all of the difficulties that Davies had at Waterford he still did manage some things um, which caused Limerick some issues and then uh, the next day out we saw Clare completely revitalised from their opening championship match do something slightly different again which is also natural part of that progression through a great team uh, eventually Mayo got closer and closer and closer to Dublin without ever uh, getting over the line against them so do you expect a reaction or a response from Limerick that they'll change things up slightly? See, I don't think they're going to change fundamentally what they do because it, it is it is so bedded in and so ingrained. What I would, I kind of push back again about what you're saying about teams are doing tactically. So if you actually look at the first 15 minutes of the Waterford game uh, before before Waterford lost tight, tight to Borca, uh, Limerick were basically, they could do what they wanted. Uh, they When Waterford dared them to do short puck outs, they did them. And they went to they went out to Sean Finn, they went out to Barry Nash, and they worked them through the lines very easily because Watford were pushing back. They were sitting off the half back line to basically cut out the the dangerous long ball to to the half forward line to Hegarty. Uh, you know, so Limerick basically had their way uh, for the first fifteen minutes and scored at will, uh, and even could have had more if Billy Nolan wasn't like I thought Billy Nolan's performance against Limerick was superb um, in goals for Watford. So you know, they really did have their way for me. As soon as Tyke Bork went off, Limerick got an extra man. Uh, or sorry, Limerick uh, 
had, didn't have Tyg as a sweeper to avoid, you know, a talismanic character for, for Waterford off the team. I genuinely think they just they, they sat back uh, and I think they relaxed a bit. And I think Waterford realised that they had lost somebody of huge importance and had to fill in the energy and the leadership that he provides and they raised their game. And I think the, the game completely changed because everybody was expecting a rout after the first quarter. Um, and I think Limerick then were actually taking short balls and hitting them long and okay. they were doing uncharacteristic things. Uh, so, you know, I think they went out of character against Waterford. Against Clare, Clare's long puck out against Limerick was was diabolical. It was useless. It, it, they, they lost sixty percent of their of their long puck outs against Limerick. Uh, what they were winning was turnovers. They were winning hooks and blocks and uh, tackles and turnovers uh, in the half forward line and midfield, particularly. Like Dave Fitzgerald was huge for them. I thought Colin Malone was brilliant around the middle. Ryan Taylor for me this year has been a revelation. I think he's really grown into and stepped into um, a, a really strong role for Clare. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that tactically against Clare, Limerick weren't out-thought. I think they were outworked, um, uh, And because a lot of the things that, that Clare were doing uh, against Tipperary, they did against Limerick uh, last year, and a lot of those things they did last year. So it was. It, uh, I think it came down to execution. So I, I think teams have tested Limerick tactically, trying to dare them to go short and work it out. And they've actually been very good at that when they've been disciplined. Uh, but a couple of times against Clare, they took a, a short ball to Dan Morrissey and Dan Morrissey stood on his D and launched it, which to me is not the the way. It, it's it's not the it's not the way it's coached anyway by Kinnerk. It's uh, it's work the ball through the lines and and then launch from your own your own your own half back line your your own sixty five, uh, where the the likelihood of hitting space and a more accurate ball into your full forward line, which is our dangerous line, um, that's that's the way that's the way Limerick want to play. Uh, but I would say when you when you, as players, when you actually relax a bit and get outside of what you should be doing, um, then I, I think the consequences are then you 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 don't look as you don't look as uh, fluent or as, as as joined up as you should be, and I think that was the case. Okay, um, obviously the emotional understanding of how that game against Waterford went then would suggest that uh, when they're going to be up for the game, they're going to be okay and. Nothing more alive than a full Thurless against Tipperary to make you feel alive in the Munster Hurling Championship, particularly when you know your crown might be on the line. So, in a weird way, would it be better for them if it was increased jeopardy in the game in uh, Thurless? I, I, I think it's already simplistic to say if they're up for it. They're like they're playing good teams, uh, like Bush. Uh, I think it is if they don't allow the complacency to seep in that sits you know yeah, yeah, exactly that's exactly. what I mean so, yeah I, I agree with that so like if, if you're talking about trying to trying to stay focused then you know there's nothing focuses the mind like the potential of a, of a do or die but it also for me the, the, the clear loss might not have been a bad thing to recalibrate but also the, the, the three week break uh, they're really really fortunate with the schedule Um with the three-week break since the, the Clare game before this Tipperary game. Like, of all the teams that are there, I, I very few are, are, are better than Limerick than going away to a camp, uh, refocusing and coming out a bit rejuvenated. So, like, it's... Uh, for me, it, the timing is even better for them. Uh, and like you said, a uh, full Thurless against a quality team that you cannot take for granted, that's a good thing. I think it's... Uh, I, I, from a Limerick perspective, you'd expect a reaction in terms of performance. And... Uh, and I, 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 you know, I would hope as a Limerick person that that's enough come Sunday. Could the Limerick bench prove fairly crucial, Seamus? Uh, because you think back to the league game, and if memory serves me correctly, 
Tip stayed in the game for large swathes of it, but then Limerick kind of brought the troops off the bench and slowly but surely they, they throttled Tipperary out of the game. And if you look at the, the lads that came off the bench against Clare the last day, Mike Casey, Hegarty, Mulcahy, uh, Conor Boylan came on late as well. They have some serious strength and depth that, that could prove crucial at the weekend. Yeah, so I think every I think every team is building a strong five subs off the bench. I, I see it across the board now. I see it with Claire, with with with, with Jim Egan and Rob Mouncey. Uh I see it in Tipperary. I see it with the likes of Connor Stakelin came on the last day. I thought he was superb. Like, and they've got three or four different guys that they're bringing in to to, to really shore up the fifteen because that's what the modern game requires. Uh, for me, against for Limerick, I think their bench is strong. But then you're testing your bench when you're when you've got the likes of Keane Lynch now struggling for for fitness, um, and you know like Sean Finn. Sean Finn for me, he's irreplaceable for what he is. He's an incredible player. Um, he's he's just he's just a joy to watch uh, how he plays the cornerback position for me. But the reality is, then like you've got Mike Casey coming in, um, and he's he's a top tier uh, fullback as well. So you know we're fortunate that we have the depth, and Richie English is still there, uh, and another all star cornerback. Uh, he's still there to come on. So we do have depth, particularly in defence. Defence we've got we've got incredible depth, uh, but then when it comes up the field. Um, when you lose the likes of Keane, when you lose the likes of even Garod being off the last day, um, for me, Cahill, I, I have great faith in Cahill O'Neill, but you know it's slightly below the pace and, and the standard that's required yet. He can grow into that. He's a very young guy. Um, but yeah, so that, that bench is going to be important. But for, for me, for Tipperary, and the league was a kind of a, a, a repeat of what I've seen previous years, is they need to be able to close out games. Um, I think that's, that's as much mental... Um, as it is physical uh, and and even in terms of executing skills, like they like even against Cork, just been able to in just been unable to close out five six point leads uh, in late stages of games, uh, and just for me that's that's there's going to be questions there for me for that Tipperary team until they actually do it, yeah, until they close out team until they stop Limerick um, in, in the second half because unfortunately in the last three years. They've really fared poorly uh, in, the, in the closing period against them. Well, they're going to have a full-throated roar roaring them home if they do have a five or six-point lead uh, on Sunday. Great to have you with us. Thanks a million, Seamus. Cheers. Cheers, you guys. OCB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now.